how are you now? It's the last one. The last one for a little bit, so how are you now? You're doing terrific over here. Because your Montreal Canadiens, or at least the Baby Habs, defeat the Ottawa Senators, or at least the Baby Ottawa Senators, by a score of 2-1 to one in their final game at the Rookie Showcase. Hello and welcome to a special episode of the Bottom 6 Minutes Podcast presented by Habs Eyes and the Prize. I am Matt Drake, and... That's it. That's a wrap on the rookie showcase for this year. And I gotta say, the uh, the the young Habs were looking pretty good in this one. Apologies if you can hear my dog in the background currently uh, smacking his bone against the wood floor. Settle down, Snoop. Settle down. Um, this might be an issue for this episode, but uh, it's because I'm recording it considerably earlier in the day. Uh, they had uh, an afternooner for this one, so um, yeah, two to one win. Uh, let's go through a quick recap. There's not a whole lot to recap in that one, but we'll go through it, and then I'll talk about some of the performances that I liked. Uh, there weren't any really that I didn't like, but we'll get into it. Uh, so we start out the game. Haps actually getting some power play opportunities early on in this one, and they look pretty good on the power play, which has been a significant problem for them in the last five years of watching the Habs play in general. Been a bit of a problem in the AHL, and it's even been a problem at this very rookie showcase. Uh, the, the thing is that the, the Habs, they seem to just... No, no matter the age, whether they're rookies, whether they're experienced Habs players, it seems like they just, I don't know, forget how to hockey a little bit when they get onto the power play. And uh, they, they look pretty good. However, a uh, dump in for the Sens gets chased down by some random senator whose name I can't remember. And he puts it in. And it's a shorthanded goal for the senators. He beats Jens Spoonar 1-0 for the baby Sens. The Habs hit the post twice in that first period, both times on the power play. The first one was Logan Mayu ripped one off the post, and then, or no, his was off the crossbar, and then right out of play. And then Joshua Guaya had a cross ice pass, a beautiful play set up by William Trudeau, and uh, he gets it across to Guaya. Guaya takes the shot right off the post. They were centimeters away from two power play goals in that period, so I'm willing to give them the benefit of the doubt and say that on the whole, that was a win of a period for them. Even though they went down a goal, uh, I felt like you know, you, you could easily call that a win of a period. I don't know. Just me. Anyways, we go into the second period with a one nothing lead for the Sens. And it's Florian Jackeye, brother of Arbor, of course, just bullying the Senators a little bit. Getting into a, got into a little bit of a scrap. Wasn't really a full-on scrap. He was just kind of throwing some punches at the end of the play. He ended up with a four-minute penalty. Habs go to the penalty kill. And they looked very good on the penalty kill. Uh, throughout this game, they did not get scored on once. Uh, the only time that they got scored on was actually when they had a power play. So, uh, very good penalty kill. And late in the frame, Riley Kidney wins a board battle on the right-hand side. He just takes it, does a little loop around into the high slot, fires a shot from distance, and he gets it in through traffic. It's 1-1. That's your score at the end of tw- uh, 40 minutes, rather. And, uh, you know, the Habs are definitely leading by quite a bit in the shot margin. By the midway point... Of the third period, uh, the shots were like 31 to 9 in favor of the Habs. So they were really uh, putting a lot of rubber on net, hitting a lot of posts. I think by the midway point of this third period, they'd hit the post about six or seven times. Um, so you know, they're just inches or centimeters away from scoring a lot of goals in that game, but they just couldn't find the net consistently. Now, Though they could have a large lead, and they're off with uh, you know just a 1-1 game in the third period. We get a little bit later, around midway point of the third period. Uh, point shot on net. Joshua Hua is trying to bang it home. Uh, he knocks it over to Yan Mishak, and Yan Mishak gets a greasy one 
down low in front of the net to put the Habs up two to one. Joshua McGuire gets an apple on that one, giving him now four points in three games in this tournament. And that was all she wrote. The Sens would pull the goalie. Uh, it was Levi Marilyn in the net for them. Uh, they would pull him for the extra attacker to try and get one up uh, or to get one back and tie the game up. And it would not work. Two to one win. The Habs finished the tournament with a two and one record. Not bad. Not bad at all. Player of the game time, but before I name our player of the game, the player of the game is brought to you by one of our sponsors. The God of Mischief is back and better than ever. Loki. 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 Wow. Great to see you again. Critics agree. Loki season two is marvelous. Great. And it's finally here. How much do you know? Let's assume I don't know much. A mind-bending adventure. Spectacularly cinematic. I've been waiting for a moment like this. It surpasses all expectations. A little over the top, don't you think? I thought it was spot on. Loki Season 2. Now streaming only on Disney+. And we're back. Player of the game. Uh, for this one, I gotta go with William Trudeau. Um, he's been pretty good in every single game that he's played at this rookie showcase. And he was fantastic against the Ottawa Senators. I mean fantastic. That play that he made uh, at the blue line to set up the Joshua McGuire uh, chance to hit the post, it, it was excellent. And he was doing that all game long. Anytime that he had the puck at the point, he was kind of taking a look. And if he had one guy come out at him, he would make one move to make that guy miss and then skate around him. Uh, Scott Matla had pointed out after the first game, the very first game that they played against Buffalo, that he looked like he gained a step. Looked like he was a little bit faster than he was last year. Scott, mind you, would have seen quite a bit of Trudeau with the Laval Rocket. He watches every game that they play. And he felt like he looked a step quicker. I felt like he looked a step quicker. Um, I hadn't seen as much of him in Laval, but I felt like he looked considerably quicker than he did when I was watching him back in junior. So, look, if he has gained a step, this is going to make him... It's going to make for a much easier season for him in Laval, that's for sure. And he's probably right up there, if not the top guy, for a call-up. I know Logan Mayu's right there as well, and I think there's a very good to fair chance that he ends up being one of the guys uh, that's called up if they happen to need a body at some point during the season. Uh, but I think Trudeau at this point is probably sitting at the top of the heap. And there's a really good chance that we see him in the CH at some point during the season. And if we do, I mean, I, I really, I think he's got the skating uh, to keep up at the NHL level right now. I really do. Uh, he was I'd say easily the best defenseman on the ice for the Montreal Canadiens in that game. And you could make an argument that he was the best defenseman on the ice for them in each game that he played. So look, this could be a breakout season for him. If he has a really good showing, it could go a long way to uh, realizing some NHL possibility for him in terms of his projection in the future. It could also go a long way to maybe even making him trade bait, right? If he does well, there's, you know, the Habs are kind of, loaded at defense right now i'm not saying loaded in the sense that they've got a bunch of elite talent it's just that they have a lot of prospects like there's you're gonna have to move some defensemen at some point so one way or another he has a breakout season either it's going to vault him into consideration for a top four spot at some point in montreal which you know may seem like a long shot or it's going to earn him an opportunity to go and play somewhere else and maybe it can help the habs they can use him as a bargaining chip to start improving their forward group a little bit more um it's something that's going to have to happen at some point for the habs I think, and uh, look, the, the good news is I, I think that they may have uh, another diamond in the rough there with uh, with William Trudeau. Outside of him, I did enjoy other performances as well. I felt like Logan Mayu once more improved. As three games, the first one was pretty rough. Second one got a lot better. Third one stayed as good, if not better, than he was in the second game. 
He was getting shots on goal this time. Like I said, he had the crossbar at one point. He got absolutely robbed by Levi Marilyn and I want to say early in the second period with the glove. Uh, that's a shot for him that in junior, probably none of the goalies, none of the goalies are even coming close to stopping. Um, so look, he's starting to gain some confidence, and I think that was the big piece. I, I really felt like he was just lacking confidence completely in that first game against Buffalo, and you know once he made a few mistakes, he just couldn't get it back. And then uh, they, but they stuck with it. They kept him out there for both of the remaining games, and he got better and better and better with every shift. That's the key, and that's what he's going to have to do in Laval this season, especially if he wants to get an opportunity to maybe get a call-up to the Montreal Canadiens at some point. He's going to have to be a key player for them. He's probably going to be playing with Jaden Struble. We saw that pairing again and again and again and again and again today. Um, I really like that pairing. I think it's something that can work in Laval, and uh, I think it's something that has really permitted Logan Mayu to do what he does best, which is you know, look for some of those offensive opportunities and not necessarily have to worry about what's going to get uh, past him or behind him. Uh, in looking for those offensive opportunities. So um, I'll throw Jaden Struble in there as well. thought he played a very effective game. He is an absolute grown man along the wall. Um, I would not want to be in a puck battle with that dude. Uh, I think a lot of people in the AHL are not going to want to be in puck battles with that dude. And I think when it's time, I think a lot of people in the NHL are not going to want to be in puck battles with that dude. He is strong. uh, He's big and you know, he plays a big man's game as well. He's not afraid uh, of contact. He invites the contact. Um, and I really think he's a, he's a perfect partner right now for, for Logan Mayu. Um, they need to keep those guys together. I'd like to see him stay together uh, through main camp as well and in the preseason for the Habs. Uh, we can see what they do against uh, a little bit of elevated competition. You know, right? They're, they're just competing against rookies right now from other teams. Um, I think some of these guys need that extra step up where they can play against, you know, not full NHL rosters, but they'll have some NHL bodies to play against every single game in the preseason. So should be interesting. Like that pairing, want to see them keep playing together. And there's no way that I could just end the podcast without talking about some forwards, of course. Let's start with Riley Kidney. Uh, He had a few, I don't want to say bad games, but almost invisible games. Game one, game two, he just wasn't much of a factor. Right? It's not it's not like he was terrible. It's not like he was making big glaring mistakes. Just wasn't wasn't making you look at him. That goal that he scored against um against Ottawa, however, that one made you look at him a little bit. You know, he dug that puck out of the corner. Well, not the corner, sorry. They were on the half wall at that point. Uh right by the outside hash mark. He digs it out, just kind of skates around the circle, waits until he has his opportunity and fires it through. Uh attacking the middle attacking the middle. You'll hear Hattie Kalakesh talk about this a lot. I talked about it with Riley Kidney when I interviewed him after one of his playoff games last season. Um, This is something that the coaching staff has been trying to get him to do more of, uh, both at the junior level, and he's going to need to do it when he gets to the pro level as well with Laval. Um, You've got to be able to get to that high slot, to get to the low slot. Just get to the middle of the ice. That's where the action's going to happen. That's where you're going to have the best opportunities. And he did that there. And he did it you know, on his own, man, digging that puck out and then just looping around and taking your shot when it's available. Uh, it's another thing that I would say about him is that he doesn't have enough shooting volume. He never had enough shooting volume in junior. It's important for him to feel like he can let that puck go sometimes because his shot's underrated. It's not an elite shot. It's never going to be, I don't think. But it's underrated. It's accurate, and uh, you know he can pick his spots when he wants to. So I'd like to see him really let that fly when he gets into those situations. He did that against Ottawa, so kudos to him. Best game that I saw from him in the tournament was definitely that one. And uh, looking for more of that in camp. Uh, we want to see more, Riley. We want to see more of you get into the middle of the ice and then take all of that into Laval and really you know, try to put together a really good first professional season there. Joshua Roy, 
I think I've, I'm a broken record about this kid at this point. Uh, he gets another apple, uh, four points in three games at this rookie tournament. I would argue he was the best forward for the Montreal Canadiens, bar none. Um, I think some other forwards had good uh, rookie showcases. Uh, I think he was great in every game. Um, his 200-foot game, shining. Uh, his ability to get on pucks uh, in the corner and on the walls, shining. Um, just everything about his game man he had he came so close to potting another goal there as well man that that ping off the post was loud uh, i think he hit the inside of it too because it squirted out the other side after he hit it so uh look he's gonna get a lot of opportunities in laval this season he is i think he's gonna get probably top six minutes he's probably gonna get power play one and he's probably gonna get penalty kill one honestly with how well he kills penalties he should get uh looks on both of the special teams units however I'm going to say this one more time. I think there's a legitimate possibility that he forces the team's hand at camp and in the preseason. Look at how well he played at this rookie tournament. If he can carry this momentum into camp, it's not going to be easy for Martin Saint-Louis to send him to Laval at all. Again, I think the best place for him to be is probably Laval. But when it comes to you know finishing this rebuild for the Montreal Canadiens, when it comes to building a roster for them to compete with this season, nobody thinks they're going to make the playoffs. But does anybody think that Martin Saint-Louis is actively going to leave out a player that he thinks can help the team? I don't. I do not think that he is going to tank by taking a player that he believes is deserving of being in the lineup and not putting him in the lineup. I also think that Joshua Roy is the exact kind of player. He brings that coachability. He brings that strong 200-foot game. He brings that good decision-making that is going to lend itself to Martin Saint-Louis wanting to give him opportunities. So, again, guys, don't be surprised if he ends up taking a roster spot. That said, probably to Laval. And, look, he's, if, he, if he does go to Laval, it's not a bad thing. He's going to get so many good opportunities when he's on that team. So many good opportunities. He's playing great right now, and I'm fired up to see that kid in his first pro season. Outside of those guys, I mean, uh, Jan Mishak had another pretty decent game. Um, scored another goal. I think, uh, you know, he's, he's on the come up a little bit, and I think that's important. Uh, he's a guy that was kind of almost forgotten about. Uh, in the system, he uh, you saw how far he fell. Uh, well, he didn't fall that far, but he was pretty low in our um, our ranking for the top 2525. And uh, he's a guy that's primed for a bit of a turnaround. He had a rough year last year. He was hurt a lot. Uh, didn't really get a chance to establish himself in Laval. It would be nice to see him get that opportunity this year. Uh, I liked uh, Miguel Turigny in that game as well. I thought he played great. Um, I, th- I thought he looked um, he looked. He looked like the kind of guy that could really force their hand for Laval. I don't see him as a guy who's going to be pushing for a roster spot in Montreal. I don't think anybody does. Uh, but he could really force their hand, get himself a contract, and end up uh, as an important player for Laval. Uh, last but not least, Philip Meshar. Philip Meshar looked great in this game. He's struggling to get any kind of production going on a from a, a points standpoint. But I don't think that you like. Not everybody has to go put up four points like Joshua Hawaii did. Not everybody has to go put up a bunch of goals, right? What you want to see is, you know, are there projectable skills that you're showing? And can you, you know, can, can these games maybe serve as a good springboard for you into main camp? For Philip Meshar, I, I thought he looked quite good. And uh, I'm excited to see what he does at main camp. I think him, best spot for him is probably Laval as well. I really don't think he should have been sent to junior last year. I think that was a mistake. Um, I think they should have either let him go back to Europe or they should have tried to... Um, 
you know, get him to turn pro and maybe play for Laval. I don't know what happened there. I probably have to talk to Pat Bexel. He would he would probably be able to educate me more on whether or not he was even allowed to play for Laval or if he would have had to go back to Europe. But the OHL was a mistake. Uh, he went to the Kitchener Rangers, who were not a very good team. They were made considerably better by him, but he was not able to, you know, really drive play to the point of, you know, piling up the points. And I, I think it was an, I, I just think it was a mistake. I think they should have let him uh, cook another year in Europe, but. You know, no use crying over spilled milk. He looked very good in that game. I thought that was his best game of the rookie tournament. And we'll see. It'd be interesting to see if he can, uh, you know, carve himself out a spot in Laval this season. That's about all I have on that game. Um, you know, I'll have an article up on Eyes in the Prize uh, tomorrow as well. Or maybe today if you're listening to this today. So head on over there and we can discuss in the comments who you thought were the best players in that game. Not everybody agrees with me and that's fine. It was a good showcase. I think we had some fun watching some of the rookies in action. And now we wait for main camp and the preseason. It's coming up fast, folks. Hockey's back. I managed to piss off Sens fans today just with a couple of tweets. So you know hockey is back. We're running what? Uh, about 16, 17 minutes today. So that's a gros soirée pour les employés de soutien. We're on Spotify, Google Play, Apple, Megaphone. I'm on Twitter at DrakeMT or X.com, whatever you want to call it these days. Uh, Follow me on there. I would appreciate it very much. You can see how I piss off Sense fans if you like. Thank you, as always, for listening. And, of course, à la prochaine.